Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. You found me at my little corner of the internet, and I am really glad that you have joined me today. I have a couple of very special friends on the podcast today, and we're going to be talking about kind of a a tender topic. Uh, We're going to be talking about race relations. And several of you have been emailing me and asking me, uh, especially with regard to the podcast, if this is something I would address. And I've been praying about it. And feel like the Lord just really, uh, through a series of kind of just ways that the Lord has uh, worked in my life and uh, people who have contacted me via social media, uh, I've come up with some uh, friends who are willing to come on and talk with me about it today. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them, but I want to just start by saying uh, I am not an expert, <laughs> not an expert in uh, Uh, in this area. Uh, I'm not an expert in the Trayvon Martin case or racial reconciliation, but I am a follower of Jesus. And as a follower of Jesus, I'm somebody who wants to see uh, the gospel being used to break down barriers between people. And so hopefully today, uh, we're going to have just an honest conversation about what's going on uh, in the country. And uh, I've talked to uh, both Aaron and Lena, who I'll introduce to you in just a minute. I've talked to them both separately, and we've been emailing back and forth just about kind of what's going on in the country right now. And I know that uh, my heart breaks over uh, uh, over what I see happening in the country and what I see happening in the church, certainly in a post-election, in a post uh, uh uh, Obama administration, and now we're looking at President-elect Trump. I feel like uh, definitely racial tensions have increased in the country, and our suspicions run high, and our histories go deep, and our tendency to hurt each other, uh, I think, is uh, right there at the top, because I think that we're not having the conversations. Part of the reason is because we're simply not talking about it for for whatever reason, and we're going to talk about the reasons that we're not talking about it today. Uh, but before I get any more into the conversation, I want to just introduce my guest. My first guest is Aaron Young. I had the privilege of meeting Aaron and his beautiful wife, Brittany, at a homeschool conference. And by the way, uh, you'll see a picture because I'm going to put pictures of uh, their families on the show notes today. If you are not, if you're listening to this on Stitcher or you're listening on iTunes, if you want to download the show notes or uh, reach out to either Aaron or Lena, you'll need to go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast, and that is where the show notes will be. Also, I'm going to link back to some uh, helpful articles. Uh, that that have been written specifically to the church. But Aaron has been married to Brittany. They have uh, three of the most beautiful kids I've ever seen. And I think this was uh, what caught my attention. Aaron, if I remember right, I met you guys in front of my uh, booth at, was it Great Homeschool? I think it was. Yeah. And you guys have a three-year-old little boy, Aaron Jr., right? And then Addison and Anthony, two-year-old twins. Yes. Yes. So a moment of silence for you never getting any. (laughs) 
Uh, Aaron is a veteran in the U.S. Army. So, Aaron, thank you for your service. And he's also the facilitator for Parents for Quality Education and the executive director for the Hattie Lewis Reynolds for University Scholars. And both of those organizations, right, Aaron, can be found on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and how in the world did you get uh, talked into coming on the podcast with me? <laughs> well, like you said, <laughs> like you said, we have three kids, um, and I'm right now I'm a stay-at-home dad. So I thought it'd be a good idea just to go past the homeschool conference. And uh, my wife is actually a special education teacher. Oh, yeah. So she was very motivated to go, and we went, and uh, we saw you, and you were very open and very lovable and so and it was it was definitely a connection right from the beginning it was very it wasn't you know standoffish or anything it was very welcoming um and then um i've followed you ever since instagram podcast <laughs> and my wife listens all the time and then um to come to this conversation today, I commented on one of your pictures on Instagram, and just I just wanted to have suggest a conversation um, between busy moms. I didn't even think I was going to come on here. I was like, well, maybe she doesn't. <laughs> that's what happens. That's what happens. Maybe the Aaron moms can talk. I didn't know if I was allowed in the you know busy moms club. You know, <laughs> especially as a black man, you know, black, <laughs> coming in there. So it, it's been very good. I'm honored to, to come on. Well, and that's kind of what happens when you comment on my Instagram. See, I'm watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, what was what was it? Go ahead, it's, go ahead and tell uh, our listeners what it was that you saw on Instagram and kind of what you, what you wrote to me that kind of prompted me to reach out to you. Well, what it, what it was talking, um, I believe you addressed the, uh, um, it was just right after the election, and uh, you were uh, saying it was, uh, um, the results were uh, from much, from much prayer from Christians, and, and, uh, and that it was time to come together as a country, now that the decision was made, and I totally agree with, you know, coming together. And I uh, and I definitely believe this is a another another opportunity for the black community, white community, Christian community, to America in whole Amen. to go forth. Yeah. Um, and I just talked about just you know uh, one talking about how I wanted to bring the light that when when you're white you can say. Uh, that let's come together, let's be, it's almost, <laughs> for some black people, it's like, it's easy for a person that has privilege in a country to say, let's move forward, when traditionally uh, many minority communities, especially black communities, have been either ostracized or discriminated, have a history of the country discriminating against mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. So I can see where it can be a it can be a boundary for those groups to even come come toward that center. Yeah. And so for those of you who don't uh, follow me on Instagram, obviously you're missing a very good time. <laughs> uh cuz we're having these conversations over on Instagram and uh 
this particular image was a, uh, the image that you started talking to me about was an image of Donald Trump, President-elect Trump and uh, President Obama in the Oval Office shaking hands. And I'd made a, a graphic that said, I'm praying for a peaceful transfer of power now that the people have spoken. And Aaron responded by saying, it's going to take some definite support and discussion uh, amongst white conservatives when addressing the threat of racial discrimination by Trump. So we're going to talk about that today. And Aaron, I appreciate it. I just want to say it again. Um, I, I appreciated you reaching out. I think it, it was good. And I think the conversation is going to be good. And hopefully today we can move the needle a little bit uh, in the right direction of uh, just uh, coming together and as followers of Jesus first. So I, I really, really appreciated uh, you just, you know, reaching out and actually just coming on and being willing to come on uh, to the to the crazy busy moms. And uh, you fit right in. I just got to say you're doing great. <laughs> no one's going to be able to tell the difference. So just keep right. You're doing just fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and Lena, Calentine, Lena, how, am I, how many years have I known you now? It's been a while. I, I'm sitting here trying to think, Heidi, and I don't. I know the circumstances around our meeting, but I don't know how long it's been. I want to say it's at least four years, I think. Probably at least four years. No, you know what? I do remember. Oh, my goodness. It's been longer than that. That's what I thought. I, was, I, was, I, didn't, want to, um, I didn't want to rip our friendship off, but I didn't want to like, overshoot it either. <laughs> okay. Now it came to me because, you know, I feel like as I get older, my brain is kind of fading away. Preach. It was, a, it was with your homeschool group uh, that organization that you had started off originally yes yeah and um and i had a group of moms that i wanted to start an organic homeschool group and i wanted to use the program and that you had started as the backbone of it that's right and i remember that you didn't know me from anybody jack (laughs) i called you because i was absolutely frustrated because sometimes um Collaborating as homeschool moms and moving everyone in one direction uh, is very difficult. Right. And I remember reaching out to you and being very frustrated and talking to you. And you spent not knowing me from anyone else. We had not met on the road when we were speaking tours or anything like that. I just remember the transparency, the encouragement you gave me as we talked through that issue. And it was clearly not about... Um, you were clearly not about marketing and and trying to uh, push your agenda. You just really listened to my heart, and that just spoke so much to me. So now it finally came back when we did that. So that probably was ooh, a good six years ago. Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah, and you have been uh, married to your best friend for 23 years, so congratulations on that. And you said you began Thank your you. friendship 31 years ago as student-athletes at Northwestern University. Wow. So uh, this is something you and I do not have in common. I am no good at athlete. Af- any, I'm not an athlete at all. So in our family, we sing. Uh, we don't play sports. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. I can do anymore. I'm now a legend in my own mind now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens as we get older. We become more and more uh, legendary. I think that's. Uh, I think yeah, that's the direction exactly. that we're heading. But you have three teenage children. Uh, who in a, you just have a great relationship as a family, and you have a great love for teaching. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with Lena, I'll link back to her today, but she's a guest college professor at Wheaton College. She's an author, a speaker, a pediatrician, a homeschool mom, 
and she's taught all levels from doctors to postgraduate. Um, I told Elena a few minutes ago before we went on the air that I'm not going to put my bio up against hers. I'll just keep it separate. But you work right now. You're writing a whole new series of books, which I have actually uh, been privileged to see, uh, called God's Wondrous Machine, and those are being published through Master Books. So I'll link back to those. I think they're wonderful. Uh, you have a, a really precious relationship with my daughter, Sydney, who thinks that you walk on water. And uh, it's been fun oh, to see your relationship develop. Stuff. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so here's a little, here's a little, uh, a fun fact for, uh, for you, Lena. I don't know if, I think I told you this, but you remember, uh, I think maybe from uh, Michigan when we were speaking together at some point, uh, Sydney, you gave Sydney a, f- a frog dissection kit. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I know how the minister loves by giving people <laughs> dead stuff. It's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and she, this was probably three or four years ago, maybe. And she was she had a birthday party. She's probably eight years old. And she wanted me to do a – her birthday party was a frog dissection party. And so that's what we did. We did all of our, the things that we ate looked like frog legs. It was really funny. And we met. I'm tearing up a little bit right now. Right, exactly. And we, (laughs) we, so we dissected frogs that day. So that was really, that was really great. We had a great time. And, uh, and you have a a place in our, in our family of incredible love because I don't dissect frogs either. That's another thing that I no longer do. (laughs) So uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. And I kind of want, just by way of introduction, uh, you and I had a conversation on Facebook via social media the other day when I asked you if you'd be willing to come on uh, and talk about race. Can you uh, just give our listeners a little bit of kind of how that went down and why you agreed to come on uh, the podcast and be uh, a guest uh, here? Yes, no, no problem. I, I love Heidi and I love her boldness and how she stands for Christ and just shows an incredible integrity, even when she knows it's going to come under um, attack. And one of the things I have been just praying and encouraging Heidi is to kind of stand strong with her her views that and that are very uh, biblically centered. And I had said to Heidi as I I watched her you know pre-election um, threads on Facebook um, talking about Trump and and the prayers that she was offering, and I said, you know. Heidi, I hate to tell you, I purposely did not make any comment when you made comments about Trump. Um, I, I said that wasn't that I felt that biblically that things that you were saying and, and your rationale was wrong. I just knew um, the pain and division that was there, and I, fe- I felt it in my own family as a black woman. Um, being in a family of multicultural, um, that the pain is real. Mm-hmm. And um, I could never articulate um, that type of support and, and uh, knowing um, the pain that was felt. And so I kind of reached out to Heidi and said, I, I understand, respect you, and love you as a sister in Christ. Um, but there's a lot of things that have said that have made this election even more unique than ones in prior years. Unique is a nice word. Thanks for that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I would call it unique. I, I maybe horrifying might be a better. <laughs> okay, well, that works. I, you know, I'm just sanitizing a little here. I know. <laughs> well, I uh, I appreciate that, and so I think as sort of a jumping off place today, I've I've kind of made a list of things that I really want this conversation, and I've told both Aaron and Lena to just jump in whenever they feel like uh, they have something that they that they want to say. And we'll kind of bat this back and forth. We're going to do this actually for the whole week. So this series, this podcast series is going to run uh, for uh, three 
uh, three sessions consecutively, three podcasts consecutively, because I, I don't, we're not going to be able to cover it in one or even two. I'm hoping we're going to be able to cover it in three. Uh, but the first uh, point that I really want to just hit is that I think we need to not bail on the conversation, not run away from it. And uh, that's the reason why I reached out to Aaron after he uh, after he commented on my Instagram. It's the reason why um, I've been talking to Elena because you guys, both of you, have a very different perspective than I do on uh, on the election. And so, uh, you know, obviously, because we're you know people are rioting in the streets right now. I told uh, I told uh, you, Lena, yesterday. I don't feel safe in my own town anymore. It has nothing to do with the color of my skin. I live, you know, near Portland, but I was uh, born and raised uh, right in the Portland, Oregon area, and I wouldn't go into downtown Portland right now uh, to save my life. Uh, not because necessarily the color of my skin, but uh, by virtue of the fact that I'm a believer. And I, I think this is a good jumping off place for this conversation because the Bible says that God doesn't make any distinction between men, not socially, not economically, not racially, not nationally. He doesn't see us as Republicans or Democrats. The Bible says there's neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, a slave or free. But in Christ, we are all and in all. That's from Colossians Three and when uh, when men are united in Christ, when when we can come together in Christ, it seems like the categories that the world uses to divide us become secondary, and that really is uh, my hope today. So, uh, Aaron, I kind of want to start with with you uh, since you got my intention on Instagram talking about uh, the election, and I want to know when you talk about or when I say you know don't run away from the conversation. What what's the first thing that uh, you think about? Do you think we're doing a good job of talking about this in the country or not so good? Um, I think uh, people like us that who are not experts um, are talking about it without maybe all the information. Um, I think we talk uh, a lot with our emotions mm. and. Um, and like uh, Lena said, just the pain, um, talking with the pain mostly. And um, I'd like to see uh, more of a discussion at the higher levels, representatives uh, of our country talk about race more than just a uh, more than just a program or a soundbite. Um, I just think. Uh, we talked earlier yesterday just about division and the, how the spirit of division, and I think that that fuels and that can um, sometimes manipulate or uh, be in those meeting halls where our, our leaders are making decisions, and um, they could be making a decision that actually, you know, widens the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and creating legislation, uh, you know, regulations that they they might not know um, uh, are affecting a community. And um, I think there are those who, you know, who grew up white, who have, you know, no idea what it means to be racist. You know what I'm saying? They might right. grow up with black people or a multicultural environment, and they just may think, like, I, I don't, you know, may not even know that there is until it's, you know, someone tells them or someone informs them of it. And um, I think we could, there are leaders like that who have may be leader of their community and have never had any diversity training. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. I like to see more of leaders 
taking a uh, role in the conversation more because I think it's happening. I think it's happening at our level, voters and in the Christian community, and and I think we really don't have leaders guiding or modeling it. So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that we're having a conversation and we're trying to model it as best we can. Yeah, I think so too. I found an article uh, from a, from a Kevin DeYoung. He's a senior pastor at University Reformed Church in East Lansing. And I, I actually really liked what he said about this. He said, uh, he was talking about not bailing on the conversation about race because it's difficult. And he said, uh, those in the minority can easily conclude about their conversation partners, quote, these people just don't get it and they never will. I'm trying to show them and they refuse to see. And those in the majority can easily conclude these people can't get over it and they never will. I'm tired of being the bad guy and always stepping in a mess that I somehow never saw. So don't give up uh, when you come to that point. And I think that's why we're having this discussion is not to give up. Um, especially when we're dealing with our brothers and sisters in Christ, we want to keep talking and keep forgiving and keep being forgiven. And instead of leaving, uh, we want to stay at the table. And that really, uh, to me, that's where the conversation needs to happen. And Lena, you were saying yesterday, as you and I were talking about this, kind of at, I think at some point, it's a pretty intense conversation, if I can be honest. <laughs> uh, it, it does. Yeah. I, yeah, it did get kind of intense. Yeah, but you were saying, and I thought it was so good, just reminding me, we need to be quick to listen. And that doesn't necessarily mean we agree uh, or uh, just uh, patronize somebody by nodding our heads. It means that we that we actually listen. So uh, you were talking to me about that yesterday. What does that mean? To you, when you say you need, we need to be listening. Well, I, I, I think the big thing is, and, and the only way, kind of backing up a little bit from that, Heidi, is in order to be effective listener, um, you have to care, mm-hmm. and you have to care about what the person's saying. And uh, as friends, as we are sisters in Christ, uh, I know your motives. I know that you deeply love Christ. I know that we have that commonality. So whatever you say, um, uh, it, I do not put up my being defensive because I know that you're not saying anything to hurt me, and we're 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 dialoguing. Right. So first, I have to have a caring relationship before our useful dialogue. So when you have someone in your family, and you're my in my family, you're my girl. Um, I'm going to give you a lot more grace. Yeah. Um, if I'm in a dialogue with someone that I don't have a relationship with and uh, don't understand their motives, the defensiveness in the walls go up. Mm. So that's the first thing I think with the the dialogue. So I may say something, and I'm sure I did, and I apologize, you know, things I found that I may have found was offensive as I got in my little carnal state of motion in, in my flesh. Well, I, I just and want to stop you and say that, you didn't you didn't offend me. I wasn't offended at all. I think, uh, and for the same reason, because there's a relationship, and I think it, it, it comes to the point where, I think it makes the point that this isn't a conversation we can necessarily have on Facebook with thousands of people that we don't know, and we're just throwing, we're just throwing things back and forth at each other. Aaron, is that, does it feel that way to you? I think exactly. I think exactly what she's saying is you've got to care. You've got to care and have grace for it in in the midst of that conversation. There has to be. You cannot have a conversation with someone um, that you do not know and talk about these topics because it's deeply emotional and it cuts people deeply and not just within themselves, but generationally. It's it's it, it's so deep as not to be 
is not to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people take the conversation lightly when they, they just, as like a, just a random discussion between intellectuals or something like that. Right. And I think, uh, you know, as I read uh, this gentleman saying, you know, from, from, I told you both, you know, yesterday for me being just this white girl, that grew up in a pretty diverse community, you know, Portland is a, a very open, sometimes we're so, we're so open-minded that our brains fall out, but we're a very, you know, open-minded uh, community, a pretty diverse community in Portland. And I really, I resonated when this guy said, I feel, and I've told you this Laney yesterday, I, I tend to, to be frustrated because I feel like in the race conversation as a representative of your token white girl, that I'm always the bad guy and I'm always stepping in some mess that I, I didn't start and I don't like and I hate and it embarrasses me. Like, I'll just be honest, I feel I'm embarrassed by it. And so I don't like to engage in it because it it embarrasses me. I'm embarrassed that people were were uh, were even taking slaves here in the first place. And that's always been on the white guy. You know, we displaced the Indians, right? And so... And we brought people over here from other countries and we and we enslaved them. And I'm embarrassed by that. And I think so many people uh, that are in my, you know, my uh, background feel the same way. And I thought so interesting uh, for this gentleman to come back and say, from his perspective, uh, people like me just don't get it. And he's tired of, refu- of, of trying to show us something that we refuse to see. And I wonder how you guys, how, how, do you address that? Like when you hear those two uh, differing perspectives, knowing how much uh, I love both of you, and I and I and knowing that uh, we have a friendship, how how do you how do you uh, how do you address those those two uh, opposing concerns? I, you know, I, in my family, it's it's always been an issue. You know, um, and I've me and Heidi have talked about this is. As a black woman married to a white man, and we've been together for 23 years, he's a wonderful husband, wonderful. But even all these years of being together, um, we do have differences in the way we look at race. So even when I have these discussions, especially in the last few weeks with the uh, uh, election of our President Trump, um, discussing that with my husband. And so when I would talk about insults or issues on racial lines, you know, my husband is very easily able to dismiss it mm-hmm. when I talk about some of these things and saying, you know, they're kind of idiots. You know, this is, this is how they're acting. You are, you're talented, gifted. I love you. Um, let's just move on. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've, we've had those discussions and, and um, even though our, our uh, life situations are quite different because of the skin that God's wrapped us in. Mm. We continue to venture on and have those hard discussions as husband and wife. Mm. And Heidi, you know, I want to encourage you. I've, I've heard my husband say the same things that you've, you've said about, you know, I really don't have a, a voice in all this. And I think the big thing that we need to remember is that uh, just the same, just like you, I'm in a lot of areas where I may be the only black person and people look at me as the ambassador of the black race, as if my opinion represents every sector of the African American community. And it's not true. We're as unique as unique as all each of us are very unique. Mm. But you know, the thing I think we, the three and all those listening have to remember that we are ambassadors for Christ first and foremost. Yes. And second Corinthians five, 19, 21 we're reconciled to the world 
that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting man's trespasses against them. Mm. And he committed us to the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Mm. As through God, we're making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled in God. Mm. So I think, you know, not allowing those labels to stick on you, Heidi, and the same thing I, I struggle with is to make sure and remember we're not ambassadors for our race, so we're not responsible for all those things that come in, but we are ambassadors for Christ. Mm, that's good. Aaron, did you have uh, anything you wanted to add uh, to that point? I think I think it goes back to um, that caring relationship and not being hurt. I think um, as Christians, we have to model it in in our in our churches and in our. Uh, in our organizations, because that's going to be reflective in society. And I think uh, when uh, we have those walls where people are saying, you don't understand, you don't understand this, you don't understand that, um, that's because some people aren't, aren't trying to understand. Yeah. And uh, and uh, I think we here, we're having this conversation, tr- trying to understand and going into it like that. And uh, I think in our churches, we need to have that. We're trying to understand. We're trying to uh, comprehend. And then some people say, you could never comprehend, you know, and and it just goes back and forth like that. Right. But I think uh, definitely um, there's actually a, a Bible study they had that talks about responding to race relations. And it talks about just uh, one of the sections talks about uh, Getting in your word and 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 really trying to gain some wisdom out of the word and how to approach it. And uh, I think, like you said, going back to Jesus, going back to the word, and listening to the Holy Spirit when we're having these conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> is mm-hmm. the biggest thing. And being making sure you have the right heart when mm. you do. Oh, it's so right. Uh, I so appreciate this conversation. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up for today. I've gone a little bit over time, but I think uh, I think our audience is going to be really encouraged. I want to pick this up in the next uh, podcast and and really kind of take off, uh, jump, use that Aaron as a jumping off place to talk about what's happening in the church right now, uh, because the church hasn't always been faithful to the teachings of the Bible, particularly uh, where it comes to race. And uh, we are conforming to the world in many ways in our churches right now. And obviously it's become a poison, not only uh, for race relations, but also uh, even those who would stray away from the authority of scripture. And we're seeing that all over the church today. So uh, let's come back uh, next time and we'll uh, pick it up uh, at that point. You guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your voice in this important discussion. Oh, thank you. Hey, everybody else, uh, if you want to download the show notes for today's episode, please go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. You can find out about more about my guest, Aaron Young and uh, Dr. Lena Callantine. I will link back to uh, their websites and their bio, and you'll get to see a picture of those beautiful kids I was telling you about. So uh, we're going to pick this up next time. Uh, thanks for listening, and I'll see you back here then. For more encouragement, visit me online at TheBusyMom.com.